and, and then they saw me in a bra, and that was exactly. it. sneeze hold on all right here we go what's going on pearl jam nerds you are listening to single podcast theory i'm brad lyons i'm brad blazek and uh we're here to talk about some emails before we get into the this week's topic which is the lovely man mr matt cameron on the drums i'm super psyched about it yeah dude i am too i'm a huge fucking matt cameron yeah fan. he's fucking awesome i mean he he was in one of my favorite bands, Soundgarden. Then he went to one of my, or my favorite band, Pearl Jam. So this dude has been, his drumming has been in my ears and in my brain since I was probably 13 years old. Yeah. You know? Well, and I've told you before, I wasn't the hugest Soundgarden fan, but his drum parts on some of those songs is what like pulled me into listening to that. Yeah, dude. You know, uh, what is it? Um, Jesus Christ pose. Yeah. Like right there. I'm like, Oh, I need to listen to these guys, (laughs) which he also co-wrote. Yeah. Which we're going to get into his songwriting. Yeah. Magic. he's, He's for a drummer. It's almost unheard of. Well, and I will, uh, without any um, hesitation, say that he is the most musically well-rounded drummer Pearl Jam ever had, I think. Oh, yeah, definitely. And that's, and that's saying a lot because Jack Irons, Dave, both Daves, uh, Matt Cham- Chamberlain, who filled in for a while. You know, I wouldn't consider him one of the Pearl Jam drummers, but right. the stuff he has gone on to do is amazing yeah super musical talented people it's almost like it's pearl jim is one of those bands where it's not a bad thing that they've had so many drummers which i think it would be for a lot of bands it yeah. would be a hindrance but for them yeah. they've just landed all these amazing people 
and what I like about it too is that, that all the drummers came from relationships that they either had with that person or through another uh, musical friendship that yeah. they had. You know. Uh, anyway, so well, yeah. Just speaking of that, it always blows my mind that it's it's like the ultimate definition of something coming full circle is. He played on the right. Stone demos. Yep, <laughs> and you know now he's in the band. So. It's so cool, man. Um, I, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it now. I'm sick again. <laughs> I was better, and now I've relapsed again. Uh, I think it's just allergies. Because uh, so you're gonna hear me doing that, sniffling, and possibly <laughs> blowing my nose, and just. In general, sound terrible. And I bet I, you never went to the doctor, did you? I'm not talking to you right now, Brad B. <laughs> well, here's the deal, man. I, I know you don't believe me, but, mm-hmm. but I've been dealing mm-hmm. with this since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Stop with mmms and let me talk. <laughs> Dude, you uh, get sick, you go to the doctor. This isn't the same as getting a cold or a flu, though. They're, what they're going to do is exactly what the pharmacist told me, which is... Take Zyrtec and take Mucinex, which is what I'm doing. Okay. Cause, well, because this is something that you can't take antibiotics for allergies. Look, I'll take that you did talk to somebody. I did. Okay. I did. All right. Today. Because <laughs> you knew. Because you knew this conversation was coming. Because <laughs> I know I had to bring something to the table. <laughs> um, I appreciate your care for me. That's how I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it as... Uh, that you care about me. Yeah. Oh. A little bromance going on here. <laughs> um, all right. So before we get into uh, emails, I just want to remind everyone, um, if you want to email us, our email address is singlepodcasttheory at gmail.com. Uh, on Instagram, we are at singlepodcasttheory. On Twitter, we are at Pearl Jam Podcast. Uh, Facebook, search Single Podcast Theory, and then obviously YouTube as well if you ever need that. It's it's there for you. It comes out um, the same time as uh, on all the pod- podcast clients. So, And we're now on Google Play. I got yes. that worked out. So hopefully that's helped some people find us. Um, and then Brad actually put the words Pearl Jam into our um, searchable field in our title, which is dumb that I didn't do that from the beginning. But, <laughs> you know, that's why we're a team, dude. <laughs> you, you're taking my stupidity and fixing it. Um, you do all the technical stuff and I work on everything else. Yeah, that's right. I do the technical <laughs> stuff, man. I'm the brains. Not really. Um, I apologize, too, that. Uh, I'm on cold medicine two weeks in a row on this podcast. So let's get into emails. Um, We're going to start with our good friend, Janan from Turkey. What's up? Um, This is great. Oh, yeah. We wanted to also say before we get into emails, um, because we're getting a lot more of them, that we're going to... The emails have been great in that we, we are actually starting conversations, and I would even say in a way friendships with people mm-hmm. so we're not going to be you you and i are not going to be reading uh kind of offline topic conversations that we're having yeah uh we're just going to keep it to what's pertinent to the show um so don't get offended 
if we're reading one of your emails for the first time and we don't read the whole thing, it's because, you know, we need to cut some time. We're getting so many emails um, and just make it pertinent to the show. Also, if you do not want your email read, then let us know that because otherwise we're going to default to reading stuff uh, on the podcast. Is that right, Brad? That's right. Did I sum that up correctly? I think you got it. And just we will definitely reply to everybody. Yeah. But we just might not you Read know, it say the... everything on, the, on sure. the show. And if it takes us a little while, obviously, you know. Yeah, this... sometimes I'll be at work and I'll get these emails and I, I don't have a chance to write. I want to write, you know. A meaningful reply, not just like "fuck yeah, dude." Thanks. You know what I mean? Bye. So, <laughs> I might it might take me a, a little while to get back to people, but we do definitely try and all and get. We do try to to reply to everyone. Yeah, because even though this, not in a bad way, as far as time and effort and energy, this feels like another job. You yeah. know, yeah. Um, an enjoyable job, uh, but we do have real jobs <laughs> that we have to do to like, you know, eat yeah. and support ourselves. So yeah. if we get locked up in that, it might take us a couple of days. So are you making noises again? I'm turning Another my robot? phone off right now. <laughs> I knew I forgot to do something before we started. Fucking robot attack over there. Yeah, I, was, I was worried <clears throat> about walking dead later on. Oh, dude. Yeah, you guys just missed a 15-minute conversation about (laughs) our feelings about Walking Dead, which I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of. Like, I went went to Walker Stalker Con in Atlanta last year, and it was awesome. I got my picture taken with with Glenn. uh, Oh, dude, that's awesome. I didn't know that. With uh, Carol, with Maggie, with uh, Daryl. With Herschel. Wow. I talked to Josh McDermott for like, we talked for like 25 minutes. It was awesome. Um, yeah, so I'm super nerd about that oh, stuff. Oh, dude, that's awesome. It's terrible. I look back on it. Were <laughs> you totally fangirling? Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I was like, to- talk about man crushing, yeah. which we'll get into in a minute uh, from last week. Daryl, dude. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I was like standing awesome. next to him like, and I was so like I was still drinking and I was all like alcoholic-y and fat and like like bloated in this picture I look back and I'm like oh my god you need to send me those so I can put put them up on Facebook (laughs) we'll put them up just to shame me to body shame me so I I never hey dude I go back to that I met uh, Kevin Smith a couple weeks ago and I was all you know don't even know what to say you know I yeah, do the man. same thing when I meet when I get lucky enough to meet some of these people that you you know you just love. Absolutely. All right, we'll we'll stop talking about Walking Dead. <laughs> that's that's our other B and B experience. Yeah, yeah. This is gonna be Walking Dead. Um, all right, so let's get to the first email. This is Janan. Um, Hey guys, first of all, thanks for your beautiful opinions and words about my blog post and my English. I really pre- appreciate it. Your ideas matter, and you made me so happy when you said so many good things about it. You are quite welcome, Janon. Um, 
And this is uh, obviously in response to the unplugged episode, by the way. Uh, guys, what an episode it was. I listened to it on Monday because we live in different time zones. I can't listen to new episodes on Mondays. And I wanted to write you earlier, but I didn't have the chance. Remember, I mentioned a job interview last week. Yes, I do. And she says, I got the job. Congrats. Yeah, that's so cool. So cool, man. Um, now I teach English at a kindergarten three days a week. Smiley face. That's even cooler. <laughs> yeah. than that's what the job was for. So... Uh, nice work. Uh, besides, I work. Oh, she also is working on her PhD thesis. God, she makes me feel like a just a lazy slug. <laughs> I know, dude. I just I deliver refrigerators. <laughs> I'm like, I make music. <laughs> that's important, right? Um, that's why I don't have much time. But in any case, I have time for listening to the podcast. I listened to the last what episode the... twice. What'd you say? Go on. What what would you say? Uh, my phone went off again. Oh my god! But dude. it's on airplane mode. Why are you? Re- well, what? Did, well, you can still get texts <laughs> on airplane mode. Yeah, because it's it's iMessage. It goes through Wi-Fi. It doesn't use your text. It doesn't use your phone signal. <laughs> so you have well, to turn your volume and your sounds off. I I used to work for Apple, dude. <laughs> Come on. Oh really? Yeah, I was a I was a you were genius? I was a boss a for five years. Okay. Uh, I have the volume button off. I have the volume thing on mute, and it's on night mode. And but you have to go into settings and go to sounds. Oh my god! Is the alarm going to go off at seven when I'm supposed to take my pills? Probably. (laughs) I'm just going to turn it off. How about that? Okay, if you don't need it. Well. Oh my god! We just totally ruined ruined Janan's (laughs) email read. Anyway, sorry, Janan. Go on. Uh, she's she's cool. She understands that we're crazy. <laughs> we talk on Twitter and email all the time. So, uh, all right. I listened to the last episode twice. It was the funniest episode ever. In parentheses, swoon. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to the part uh, between uh, minute forty three fifty and forty six ten four or five times, and I still laugh when when I remember what you said. I'd like to cut that part and share it, but I don't know if it's possible. It is possible, dude. <laughs> we'll we'll do You're it. On. For that, right? Yeah, I'll do that for okay, good. Um, if you can do it, please share it or just send it to me. Uh, and thanks for confessing your crush on Eddie. Do you know why? I felt like a teenager uh, for I'm in love with this man. I'm 30 years old now and I don't want to, want to be like a fangirl anymore. But he, but even st- two straight men have a crush on him. Now I think I'm just fine. Um <laughs> All right, she says Porch on MTV on MTV Unplugged is really awesome. I like all the other songs in the concert, but Porch is the peak point. I agree. Um, I also like Pink Pop 1992 version of Porch with Eddie's famous stage dive. That whole performance is insane. Yeah, we and we are do. definitely doing an episode on yeah, that. Totally. Uh, I hope you will make. Oh, she says. I hope you will make an episode on Pink Pop right. ninety two. <laughs> it was the same year with, with uh, the Unplugged show, and I remember it from PJ twenty that this festival was very important to the band because it was the first time they played in front of a really big crowd. Eddie was taking pictures pictures of the audience, surprised to see that many people. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, uh, you're totally correct, unless I'm remembering wrong. <laughs> Uh, I totally agree with you about talking about political stuff, too. I definitely think that music is a way to express feelings and ideas. Pearl Jam's political stance is one of the the things why I love this band so much. In times of trouble, that's what differentiates real musicians from fake ones. 
Uh, see, I know it from Turkey. Here, <laughs> all shithead singers, I don't even name them musicians, either defend the Turkish government or they stay silent about everything going on. Only real musicians are brave enough to speak up against injustices. Sorry for getting too political, but I'm angry about what's going on in Turkey. I just want to say that we should be thankful to have sensitive musicians who are trying to make a change for good and to speak on behalf of the weak. That is one of the best paragraphs that we have, has ever been sent to us, I yeah. think. Oh, yeah. I, like, I couldn't agree with that uh, anymore. Right. Um, and part of me wants to, like, have an online conversation about some of that stuff that's going on over there. Um, anyway, remember on the pu- Unplugged episode, Kate was calling out to me. Oh, I love this. Yeah, this uh, is great. Well, we got in touch, and we've been writing to each other ever since Tuesday. I really thank you guys. Finally, I found a friend I can talk uh, about my Pearl Jam love with limis- limitlessly. That is so cool. Yeah. <clears throat> when Man. I read that, I'm like, oh, this is so great. This it's is kick-ass. Yeah. Um, by the way, uh, you pr- pronounced my name correctly. Thanks for your efforts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you to feel bad about not knowing much about Turkey. There are many countries I don't know anything about, but I can give you some information. Turkish is very different than Arabic. We use Latin script while Arabic uses Arabic script. Uh, she said, goes on to say grammar and vocabulary totally different. Um, and a b- bunch of stuff that's really cool, but is more of a conversation between us. So um, anyway, she says, can't wait for the next episode. Hope you guys have a nice week. Best Janan. Thank you for another great email, Janan. Yeah. Yeah. We, we went back and forth with her a few times after this one. It's, it's, she's, she's a good, she's a good dude. And, and you guys made fun of me on Twitter. It's cool. (laughs) It's fun. Uh, All right. What you got next? Um, Let's see. This is fucking great. That's uh, from, uh, I guess his screen name is Riot Act. Yeah, um, his name Chris. is Chris. Uh, new listener named Chris. Um, I'm so fucking happy I found you guys on a Pearl Jam podcast. I'm never going to say I lost interest in Pearl Jam, but I always, I always come back around to the soundtrack of my youth, as well as up until now. Uh, My son's name is Jaden Stone, and if it wasn't for Pearl Jam, he wouldn't have been a thought. I have so much to be thankful for when it comes to Pearl Jam. I did get get to give Ed a hug at a solo show at the Lyric Opera House in Baltimore. What? Yeah. (laughs) I got to hear about that, dude. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to hear about that, too. Um, Now... <clears throat> With that being said, you two guys are great. You make me feel a part of something big again. Um, you breathe a new breath into my Pearl Jam soul. Thank you. And hail, hail to the lucky ones. Uh, new listener, Chris. Right. Hell so, yeah, dude. Thanks, dude. I mean, not only, only is it a new listener, but I mean, going back to the kind of theme of connection and community and you know what I mean? Yeah. That's just so cool to hear that. Yeah. And just if, you know, if people kind of lost their way a little bit with Pearl Jam and and now they're listening to us and it's bringing them back, I mean, that's fucking awesome. Hell yeah, man. Hopefully we'll be talking about this stuff uh, through three more Pearl Jam albums that, you know, hopefully come out. At least. God, they need something out so bad. (laughs) Um, All right. So we've got another new listener. We had a lot of new listeners this week. Yeah. Which is amazing. I wonder what caused that. Yeah, I don't know. Coincidence or I don't know. I I, I think it's it's just um, 
uh, what do you call it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. What do you call it? I, don't <laughs> <laughs> I call it my brain going blank when it tries to think of stuff. What, like word of mouth or? <sighs> it's a mathematical pe- term. <laughs> Uh, oh my god, dude! Like uh, something when it's something snowballs. Okay. Well, well I, I think can't. You think just say I'll snowballs. think of the word in like half an hour when we're talking about Matt, and I'll just blurt it out. Okay, okay? cool. I'm down with that. So, all right. So we got another new listener. <laughs> uh, um, uh, I'm gonna totally fuck up this name. Um, <laughs> Jeff Potteracki. Potteracki. Uh, but we'll just go with Jeff for right now. Yeah, Jeff P. Uh, Jeff P. He says, hey, guys, I love the show. I just discovered it this week, so I'm a little behind. He says, just finished the Lightning Bolt episode. In the interest of keeping you going, I have a few episode episode ideas, which he gave us a lot, which yeah, is he kick did. ass. But they're I'm all good. Gonna, they are all good. I'm just going to read a couple. Uh, he says, milestone shows like Soldier Field 95, Boston 94, Pink Pop number two, uh, 92, which, uh, yeah, we're doing that one yeah. for sure. Uh, let's see. Episode dedicated to cover songs. We've got, I like this one, Pearl Jam nerd references. <laughs> yeah. Like the quarter rant, play leash, you pussies, let Stone sing, <laughs> Stone was the problem. Uh, let's see. Oh, a compliment for us is a compliment for you. Dude, that made me laugh. Uh, that made so me laugh out loud. Hard. I hadn't watched singles in forever. But when when I was, you know, in high school, when we watched that movie, we would say that to each other all the time. We're huge mm. in Belgium, dude. Huh? We're huge in Belgium, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I love that. Made me laugh out loud yeah. as well. Uh, but he's got a bunch of other stuff that um, uh, some of it's stuff I hadn't thought about. Yeah. Uh, some of it's good to see because a lot of people send in ideas and we get to see uh, where they overlap. You yeah. know, where yeah. we can see there's a lot, a lot of people that would want an episode about this. Yeah. So. Uh, posters, dude. He mentions posters. Posters. So definitely, everyone, if you come up with ideas, please send it because it's either going to be an idea we hadn't thought about, or like I said, it helps us see what you guys as a as a listening community want to hear about. So, yeah. uh, thanks, Jeff, for that list. He also says. Uh, also not sure if you're still commenting on album rankings. I'm still on episode five, but here it goes. So he, I'm going to go from ten to one. He says, number 10, avocado. Uh, oh, my God. Our lists are almost identical. Yeah. Or at least the back half. Yeah. Um, number 10, avocado. Number 9, backspacer. Number 8, 10. That's where I put number. Mm-hmm. That's where I put 10. Uh, number 7, lightning bolt. Uh, I swapped his number 6 and 7. He has number 7, a lightning bolt. Number 6, right act. Number 5, binaural. Number 4, vitology. Number 3, yield. Number 2, no code. And number 1, versus. So our top 5 is a little bit same records, but different order. Yeah. I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty on board with that. I'd probably switch 10 with binaural. Uh, you would? Yeah, yeah. Oh, shocker. Dude, 10? Come on. Oh, man, this this is going to go on for the life of the podcast, <laughs> yeah, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, 10 will never be out of my top, top three or four. Uh, you know, maybe you'll change my mind about it, even though I love the record. <laughs> but moving on, uh, he says, verses should be in everyone's top three. Songs like Animal, Rear View Mirror, Indifference, Rats, and Dissident never get old, and the band never seems to get tired of playing <clears throat> them. Cheers, Jeff. Thanks so much, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. What you got next? Uh, 
Um, let's see. Let's do Richard Trem Tremblay. 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 Um, another. Well, no, not a new listener, a, a new emailer. Yeah. Um, I've been listening since the beginning, thanks to Metal Up Your Podcast. Um, what, what? Yeah. Shout, shout out. out to Clinton Ethan. I got to say, you guys are killing it. Thank you. You're getting better with each passing episode. Blazek is definitely getting more comfortable with his intro. I, I'm, dude, I don't know. Do you think I'm getting better with saying my name? <laughs> <laughs> I do, buddy. But but let, let's let everyone else know, too, in case they don't notice. At, at, at some point, you started doing it on purpose. That's because true. Because it's kind of a recurring joke. Like, yes. I noticed when we signed off, like, two episodes back, <laughs> that you you intentionally paused and was like, I'm Brian Blazer? Right. <laughs> or Brad Bla- <laughs> Sorry, I grew up with a guy. Brian? I grew up with a guy named Brian Blazik. <laughs> Bullshit. Um, well, you know, who was the one that wrote in and called us Brian on an accident? Ju- uh, Justin. Ju- was it Justin? Yeah. Yeah, we'll get to him in a minute. We'll get to you in a minute, Justin. <laughs> um. All right. So <laughs> this may be, I don't know. I don't know what to think about this. He says um, he could be talking about me. He could be a little more cheery, upbeat, but I think I'm starting to realize that's not his personality. Extremely chill is his game, I guess. Am I not? like upbeat am i kind of laid back i thought i was more like i don't know you i mean you're definitely laid back really but i don't i mean i I don't don't, think it's a bad thing it's just surprising to hear that about myself i didn't think i was i didn't think i was laid back yeah i think I think in contrast, though, I can tend to be a little talky and, like, my hair's on fire all the time. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess if you compare so the two, I You probably see seem, that. by comparison, a little bit more chill than, yeah. than me, unfortunately, for myself. Um, but I've never thought you were too... And I know he's not saying this, but it almost sounds like you're boring or something. Which, right. I which, don't. I mean, you're a little bit boring, but, I, you know... <laughs> <laughs> JK LOL Raffle. <laughs> um, I came online with Pearl Jam at the outset. I was in junior high. I did lose touch with their music after Vitology. Green Day had broke and my attention switched to punk for a while. Um, that's that's fine with me. I love Green Day in the back in the early days. Dude, yeah. Um, I've reconnected with Pearl Jam in recent years and it's largely largely because they're genuine, talented and timeless not to mention most of the music is shit at the moment <laughs> it's <laughs> making me it's making me turn back the clock to better days and better music i'm glad your podcast is around to relive and learn more about one of the greatest bands of all time fuck yeah yeah man that's a good email <clears throat> uh best regards it's rich in apple valley california slash new jersey <laughs> <laughs> he's he's doing a little metal up your podcast call back there. I like that. Yeah, that's yeah. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> um good on you, Richard. All right. Let's move you got on. One? Uh, huh? You said you got one? Yeah, I think I have two we more. Got a few. I, dude, I've got three more. Holy <laughs> shit. All right, let's get let's I mean, I'm not gonna rush them, but let's yeah, let's get through these. Uh 
This is another new list. Uh, I think it's a new listener. Yep, it is. He says, this is Michael Lund, who I've actually also talked to a little bit on Twitter. Um, he says, hi, Brads. I found your show after seeing Let's Play 2 at my local theater. That's awesome. Me and Brad did the same thing. Uh, I'm a major podcast listener, so hungry for more PJ after the movie. I did a search in the Apple app and found you. Yay, it's working. Um, <laughs> when I was in college, late 90s to early 2000s, uh, whenever I drove home for a holiday or semester breaks, I had a ritual of listening to every album in the order they were released during the seven to eight hour drive between my college in Virginia and my home town in New Jersey. Uh, the songs became my mile marker, and I knew whether I was making good time or not based on what I was playing with the scenery that passed by. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, um, It's hard to explain the impact of one single band when they've been with you for 25-plus years. From being an angsty pre-adolescent to an old married dad sharing the music with your <laughs> own kids. And if I mention the band to the other dads at my son's soccer game, when I invite them out uh, when I invite them out to see Let's Play 2 with me, I see the understanding light in their eyes and know that they share uh, the impact of all that music. It sounds weird to say it this way, but Pearl Jam has been in my life longer than most things that I have right now. Man, that's weird. Same with me. Yeah. Um, Longer than my wife and kids, longer than my career, longer even than the path that I've taken in life. They're a steady force I can go back to whenever I want or need them. That's a great way to say that. Um, thanks for the show. A few comments. I listened to your top 10 episode last night. And of course I had to listen to no code after you both listed it at number one. Uh, he says, I'll spare you the, the drama of my full raking, but I think my number one is yield. That is a strong number one. Yeah. Uh, the 10 episode took me twice as long to listen to because I paused and listened to each song after you discussed them. That's awesome. I'd love to hear Boone's perspective. Get him on the show. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be uh, cool. L- looking forward to episode five tonight, trying to catch up. That's from Michael Lund in Olympia, Washington. Thank he, you, Mike. <laughs> it made me laugh because he mentioned being an old married dad. Yeah. Um, just real quick, I took my daughter to see there's a band called A Day to Remember that I love, and I kind of turn her on to them. Um, but we went to see them last week here in Nashville, and we got there, I don't know, 10, 30, or 11 to, you know, to get in line because it's, it's all GA. So we were like number six and seven in line. We go in. And a lot of their fans are younger, you know. It's it's a lot of like late teenager, twenty year olds, and then me, the old old dad. Right. But I like those guys a lot, and uh, so we're we're on the rail, and we're waiting for the first band to come on. And there's this girl behind us, and she's like trying to wedge her way in between my daughter and the girl and her boyfriend that were standing next to us, that they were like. They were like fourth and fifth in line. I don't know where this girl came from. And she's like trying to get in between them. Now we're all smashed in together. Sure. And she, <laughs> she somebody, the, I think the the girl next to my daughter said something about like, I wish, I wish this girl would, you know, quit or something. And she looks at me and she's telling me that 
I don't even know who this band is, that me, Brad, like, you don't even know who this band is. You should, you should switch spots with me. Um, I, I'm like, I know who they are. And I was like, she's like, well, I just figured you're, you know, you're just here with your daughter chaperoning her. And, and you're I like, just, motherfucker, I introduced <laughs> her to this band. That's what I said. I said, I introduced her to this band. And she just kind of looked at me all crazy and. You know, she she finally backed off. But, dude, I felt so self-conscious about being like the old man at the at the youngsters concert. And I was just there with my daughter. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when he said that, I just was like, dude, I can relate. But dude, it was... I got some shit like that in a different way. Uh, uh, I still think she's great. Although I have to admit, I haven't listened to her in a long time. But. Um, in the nineties, like I would, I actually went to see Ani DeFranco a lot. Yeah. And, uh, me and my uh, buddy of mine went to see one show. It was an outdoor show. And we, um, you know, we got there early cause we wanted to be, you know, at least close to the front and we we're getting flack from a couple lesbians just because we were two straight dudes and they thought that they could push us out of the way, literally push us out of the way. And get in front of us. Yeah. And these two older <laughs> lesbian, a couple were standing next to us. And we had talked to them, like, wait, waiting for the show. Right. And they ripped those girls' asses. Really? And, like, standing up for us. So they're like, bitch, you better get out of the way. <laughs> these dudes can be here, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, for you, it was age. For me and my buddy, it was us, you know... Obviously, being at a the, the demographic being a lot of lesbians in the '90s, um, which is a completely different thing culturally than it is now. But yeah. um, I don't know. It just reminded me of that. I think that stuff's so <laughs> weird. I would never, based on my identity, and it, maybe it's because I don't think of myself that way. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. I don't think of myself. Like, my sexuality would never play into a description of myself if someone asked me. Uh, being Caucasian would never be a part of that. Yeah. And <clears throat> there's also other reasons for that, too. Yeah. It's different for different people. But I just, I just can't imagine starting shit with someone because they don't look like they fit the mold of, right. of quote, unquote, what's supposed to be there yeah, or who's I mean, supposed I, to be there. I don't know. I guess I just – I don't – I don't have long hair. I don't have like my metal hair like I did 20 years ago. You know what I mean? I guess I just do. I just do look like a dad. You sure. know what I mean? But this girl was like, she just, I don't know. She felt super entitled to. People are weird. She said, we've been waiting a long time. That was what, that's what got me upset. Cause I'm like, well, we've been here since 1030. And I know the six people that were here before me, I've, we've talked and made friends with them. And the, five or ten people behind me we've talked to i don't know who you are so <laughs> we've been waiting longer than you right <laughs> so, yeah shows uh, can get weird man but the dude the boyfriend <clears throat> of the girl that was standing next to my daughter was like uh no honey you are not getting up front <laughs> 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 that dude was awesome so, <laughs> that's awesome but yeah shout out to all the the dads <laughs> Going yeah, to man. shows with their kids. Agreed. It's so cool to be able to to share that. Yeah, you know. It's oh like, yeah. It's like, and we did. We got to meet them after the show too. So yeah, that, was, those pictures. that was pretty awesome. That's cool. Um. All right. Our good friend. Oh, sorry. Are you done with that one? Well, that was you. But 
that's that was me <laughs> yeah that was michael lund oh new... god i'm the worst yeah no dude you're good thank you <laughs> my michael. brain yeah thanks michael and you want me to go yeah man because <laughs> we got a few more days we <laughs> yeah, gotta I get know. through these uh this is ryan stapleton he says i just found the podcast a week ago and i've listened to all but two of the shows already and i'm loving it i've also recommended it to a couple of my my pearl jam friends um let's sorry <laughs> um we're both from south boston and we've been to over 30 shows together including making road trips from massachusetts to connecticut philly montreal and chicago the infamous wrigley field rain delayed show my first show was 96 in Hartford, and the Vitology episode reminded me of the great Not For You version where Eddie stops in the middle to give a similar speech about the real meaning and current state. Um, wonderful, playful, yet angry Ed. It's amazing, and I was hooked from then on. Um, and he sent a, a link from YouTube. For that um, show. And I, I listened to it. It's, it, is, it is pretty good. And um, he does talk about how the song is not for you know, all of us fans. It's for the shitty promoters and bootleggers well, that's and stuff who it's like about, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, my buddy and I are also both 41 years old, so we have the same type of relationship and history with the band that you guys do. A few years back, we actually ranked all of the studio songs. <laughs> we did it in groups of 10 because we didn't have the time or heart to do it one by one. Oh, wow. That's crazy, dude. I'd love to hear just the top 10 songs. Absolutely. You know what I mean? But, jeez, oh, yeah. could you imagine? That no. would take... That would that had to take some time. I'd I'd slip into insanity. <laughs> yeah, um, and he also sent his top ten album rankings. Okay, and he didn't number them, but I'm going to assume this is this number ten is Lightning Bolt. Yeah, and then nine is Backspacer, eight Binaural, seven is Riot Act, six is uh, Pearl Jam, self-titled, five is No Code, uh, four is Yield, three is Ten. Two is versus and one is Vitology. Okay. Yeah, so that makes sense. I'm good. I'm good with that top five. He's got he's got ten and no code in his top five. So yeah, we can well, be friends. All right. <laughs> no code's great. Um, so thank you, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. All right. Our old friend Jason Barker, <laughs> who gave me an anxiety attack. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll keep that offline, but good on you, Jason. Um, he says, great idea putting on the MTV and plugged episode that literally was their catapult and they gelled so well. You couldn't not like them after that. I remember thinking these guys are the real deal while all over the airwaves. It was one hit wonders. It was a one hit wonders frenzy laughed out loud when you mentioned hearing a sound and Blazik joking. It was me <laughs> about that. Oh, I won't read this. Sorry. Well, this is between us and him. Um, but that was funny. Uh, really glad you guys are doing this. Timing was something magical, too. It wasn't a day or so after grab, uh, gabbing with bros that it would be cool if there was a PJ podcast. Surprise, there wasn't a, suspe- a sub- substantial one yet. And then, boom, you guys were on the air. Thanks for keeping my bus ride from the brink of monotony. Jay out. Thanks, Barker. Appreciate it, dude. Yeah. We'll talk to you soon. Definitely. What else you got? Do you have any more or is it uh, just me? Uh, this is, I've got a couple more. Okay. Um, this is from, if you have, you have two more. Yes. Okay, cool. Why don't you just do yours and then I'll do. I think I got three. Oh, 
God, really? <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, fuck. All right, let's get through it. Oh, this is the third time I've said let's get through these. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is from Justin Tucker. Uh, <laughs> um, I was just introduced to your podcast and just wanted to throw some more support your way. And now this dude is friends with the guy I just read, Ryan Stapleton. Oh, cool. Yeah. So um, you guys have done a great job so far. I'm currently listening to the rankings episode. I very much enjoy your humble and collaborative approach and find myself wanting to chime in on the conversation as I'm listening. So I had to email. Um, I'm 35 and been a fan since middle school, but it really hit hard after I saw them the first time in 98. I'm from Massachusetts and grew up in a town with a concert venue that they've played a few times now when they come to Boston, although they haven't in a while. The 98 show was the first show at at a major Ticketmaster venue since Pearl Jam's fight, so I remember it being huge news that they were coming to town. So, like many others, after that I became obsessed. Once I saw them again in 2000, it was on, and I don't think a Pearl Jam album or bootleg left my CD player for over two years. Since that show, I've seen them 25-plus times. Yeah, including some pretty famous Pearl Jam shows. The three shows with the acoustic experiment before their main set of the of the last show in 03 was in my hometown. The third of four shows that closed down the arena in Philly in 09. Those shows are nuts, dude. Yeah. We, we need to do a show on just those four set lists. Yeah, I'm done with that. <clears throat> um, he was also at both Fenway shows last summer. And I I've, I've, was fortunate enough to have met Eddie after a show in 2000 when I was a senior in high school. And, dude... We Shit. both want to hear that story, yeah. so right, right back in because absolutely, we, yeah. I'd, I, I, I've read like on Reddit and on the on the porch, people's people talking about meeting all the guys, and it's 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 so cool hearing those stories. So uh, anyway, they are my all time favorite band and have been a huge source of inspiration for me as a person and a musician. Thanks for doing the music justice and creating a great forum for us fellow fans to flock. Peace, Justin. Awesome. So, Thanks, thank Justin. you, Justin. Uh, all right. I've got our good friend, Dave, Mr. Beer Dave. <laughs> uh, he says, hey, guys, what an honor it is to get shout outs from you guys uh, and the fellow listener, Kate. It was quite a surprise to hear that last night. When I got home last night at 2 a.m., it was great to hear another stellar podcast. Thank you so much, man. Uh, basically, he... Because uh, I think we talked. Did we talk about boots? Is that what caused a lot? A lot of these emails with links. Um. Oh, it was an email. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. We had an email, was, so we've was, had a lot of people uh, <clears throat> help us out with some links where you can find different uh, boots. Right. And I, I actually had time to check this one out. Um, this is cool too. I'll just say really fast that I got out of bootlegs a long time ago. I don't even know why. I just I was so into them. I I would almost say that I preferred Boots over records. Yeah. And now I've completely had switched where I don't listen to Boots anymore. And this podcast has made me start going back and listening to even my old CD Boots that I have still because yeah. I I didn't ever get rid of them. Uh, so this is really cool cool for me to see a lot of these links. Uh, but he he wanted to pass on one which is uh it's a actually a blogspot uh, site it's called we got shit.blogspot.com and they've got tons of like different format whether it's mp3 wave uh, flac files all that kind of stuff um 
to tons of shows and people have made their own kind of like mixes with uh, just songs that they've picked from different shows. So it's a cool place to check out. Yeah. Um, it's funny because I just, he says, it's funny because I just got done watching the Unplugged series again and brought me back to the ni- 90s. Me too. Uh, I forgot how kick-ass this episode is, especially how powerful Porch uh, was unplugged. When Eddie stood up on the bar stool and wrote pro-choice on his arm, that was a statement that he was not afraid to make regardless of anyone's political view. Uh, that was really the first time we saw Eddie come out of his shell and bend the political envelope and stand up for what he believes in. I know some people like to shy away from politics, but this band is never been afraid to stand up for what they believe in agreed loved it um i love it now and i loved it when i was a kid yeah uh, i would also like to extend a thank you to you guys whenever someone is truly passionate about something you can feel their excitement it totally shows through your podcast i hope you guys never burn out and this continues for a long time there's so many directions you you guys can go that i don't see how you would ever run out of content don't be afraid to take the long road. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, I picked up the new Rolling Stones special on uh, PJ, and I'll keep you posted with my thoughts. He says, keep up the kick-ass work and keep on rocking in the free world. Thanks, Dave. Thank you, Dave. Thanks for another great email. Yeah. I was just going to say, too, um, as far as looking for bootlegs, there's two different channels on YouTube, and one is called PJ Video Guy. And oh, he's, yeah. he's puts uh, there's tons of we're actually about to talk about that in my next email. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh there's another one cool. called Nothing uh better than nothing videos. And that one is awesome because what he does is he takes the fan filmed videos, yeah, and edits them together and then he See uses different angles the existing um, official audio right and turns it into like like a DVD release that's cool so those are both two really good sites if you're looking for uh, bootlegs to listen to and to watch awesome so what you got next I've got um, Mark LeBlanc wrote in from Moncton, Moncton, New Brunswick, Canada. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Yeah. Um, I've only got two shows under my belt, both Pearl Jam in Quebec City, 2005 and 2016. Sadly, they've never been to my home province or town. Uh, I've been a massive fan of this band since 93 when I was 13. Um, Can't help offer a rundown of my my list. I'm a Jack fan. Thanks for the podcast. And he, he um, gave a list of his, you know, he ranking the albums. Um, so uh, number 10, Backspacer. Number nine, Avocado. Number eight is 10, which he says it's not a popular p- a p- position. And I don't care. I just feel the band has grown and evolved so much since putting this one out. Summer of 93 right here for me. So what number do you put it at? Number eight. Yeah, dude. Come on, That's man. That's my spot. I agree that the band has grown and evolved, but it's ten, dude. Yeah, but hold on, <laughs> the, dude. So I'm a huge Zeppelin fan, right? Yeah. I mean, their most popular record is probably Zeppelin Four. Right. It's a great record. Yeah. That's class. That's what you would consider classic Zeppelin because it's got Stairway to Heaven on it and right. shit like that, right? Love it. But if I'm going to listen to Zeppelin, that's not the record I put on. 
You know what I'm saying? It's the same thing. <laughs> anyway. I hear you. I'm listening. No, Go I'm on. done. I'm, we're going to move on because we got to talk about Matt Cameron. <laughs> Number seven versus the soundtrack soundtrack to my eighth grade. Uh, number six, Lightning Bolt. Number five, Riot Act. Number four, Binaural. Number three, Vitology. Number two is Yield. And number one, No Code. Uh, he he gets he scores some points for having no code at number one. Hell yeah! So, <laughs> man, that's <laughs> anyway. Awesome. That's how I'm feeling about the list right now. Thanks for reading. Like you guys, I love talking with other people about this stuff. So, thank you, Mark. Hell yeah! Thanks, Mark. Uh, next, we got another another old friend of the show, <laughs> Bagel. Yeah, what's up, Bagel? <laughs> uh, we got Patrick. Um, so he says, Brad's fun show going all the way back and re- revisiting unplugged is definitely interesting. It's been a while since I spent any time watching this one. I picked it up the full show leak on CD, probably I, I think in 1998, having known via the old fan site, uh, five horizons that they had played oceans and, uh, rocking in the free world for at least a couple years at that point and just patiently waited, uh, for it to surface. Several years ago, the sound check for Unplugged surfaced as well. An interesting peek behind the curtain. It's definitely wild to see the band in a more relaxed and comfortable, uh, yeah, comfortable in their skin performance, as you guys noted. It faded quickly, which is true. Uh, by the time the band is back in Europe and uh, in the spring, just after Unplugged aired in late uh, May 1992, things rapidly start to become burdened in the trappings of stardom and fame at high speed. Uh, he says, to pass on to, uh, this is for Janon and Kate, says to pass on to Janon and Kate, and of course, others newer to the band, there are some other options for more Pearl Jam recordings that are worth exploring, whether video or audio or bo- both. So he gives a couple of those. Let me see here. He's got a place called Internet Archives, has a ton of official, or I'm sorry, unofficial uh, soundboard and FM broadcasts. And that one is archive.org. Uh, I'm assuming you just go in and search Pearl Jam bootlegs. Uh, he, uh, th- then he talks about PJ Video Guy, uh, which has a ton of full shows, uh, full videos of shows mixed with either soundboard audio or very good audience recordings. And that, uh, like you said, Brad, is on YouTube. Uh, just search PJ Video Guy. Yeah. Um, he says that three must that I believe are accessible on both are uh oh yeah shows from uh one is 21292 uh 3292 and then 3492 uh and he signs off pat aka bagel <laughs> yeah Thanks, and he Patrick. mentioned uh, five horizons yeah um i don't know if you had ever been on that that website but man in the 90s that was, was the jam it was so good yeah they um they they quit they quit updating it, but it's still up if you want to look at it. But yeah. if you want to nerd out on set lists and reviews of shows, they've there's a ton of, of details on that Five Horizons website. Yep. Um, cool. That's it from me. You got any more emails? Um, I guess our last email comes from our good friend Kate 
Kate Cotton. Kate! Um, <laughs> she says, I like to joke that I first heard the Unplugged show while I was still in the womb because it came out just a few months before I did. <laughs> so, That's awesome. <laughs> uh, of course I've seen it. It's one of my favorite things they've ever done. I throw it on every few months, and it's so perfect every damn time. Yep. Needless to say, I put it on the second I got home from work today. And she said, swoon. <laughs> uh, I don't know how anyone can watch this and not instantaneously fall in love with Pearl Jam. I totally agree, man. So that, true, that, man. That show, it, it holds up like crazy. Oh, yeah. So she says, I, I wish Jeff still wore those hats. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, actually. Um, so I also wanted to say real quick, because uh, we and I, on my personal account, actually follow uh, Kate now on Instagram and it was a story, so it disappears, but she posted a story of her playing guitar, uh, and she kicks ass. <laughs> it was great. She's doing, yeah. I, I wish I could remember what the song was. Uh, or it maybe was Pearl it was Jam, she, wasn't it? I think so, but I can't remember what it was now. Yeah, I can't either. But it was, she was doing finger picking uh, yeah. on, it looked like a strat. Was it just breathe? It might've been. I think it was just I breathe. I don't remember now. That's probably right. But, uh, the point being she's killer. Yeah. Uh, and because of Pearl Jam. And because of Pearl Jam. So. Yeah, man. Taking those lessons, dude. That's awesome. Um, all right, cool. We got anything else? Um, I've got a message from Daniel Copilo. Copilo. Okay. Oh, Copilo. Cool. Uh, from, uh, he, he messaged me on Facebook. Okay. Um, he said, hey, guys, thanks for playing the name game. It cracked me up. <laughs> <laughs> I love how it nearly led you guys down a rabbit hole of Australian grammar and lingo. The funniest thing about it was that that – you, Brad, me, yeah. got it right the very first time you said it. No, so, that's me. Oh, was it you? Yeah. Well, I was the okay, one... yeah, because he yeah. says, I hope, I, he says, Brad Lyons, you were right to go with it at the end. So, yeah, but he says, I hope I don't have you two mixed up. I'll be so embarrassed if I do. No, it's man. so hard to keep up with which voice is which and which Brad belongs to which voice. Yeah, I've thought about that. If I was a listener, it would take me a little while before I could really recognize yeah. the voices. You know what I mentioned? I, I wrote him back and said, um, if you listen to the the B&B experience episode at uh, Wrigley, mm -hmm. me, Brad, Blazek, I was the one that went to the Wrigley show. So yeah, that's you, a good little. Primer. Yeah, I mean, I I think I think I pretty much took that episode over. Yeah, sure. Um, and the way to remember you is you are the professional musician, and you go into some of the technical stuff. True. So yeah. Um, man. Let's see. Um, anyway, let's see. Hold on. Sorry. <laughs> um, in my own thoughts, if you'll allow me to express them, it always seems to be Eddie's intensity that drives the emotional energy of their shows. Not discrediting, of course, Mike playing the guitar with his whole body and Jeff bouncing all over the stage and their huddled jam sessions when they're all feeling it and their regular live shows. Yeah. It's just that when Eddie sings, he's not just reciting meaningless words. He owns them. They are his words and you are left with no doubt that he means them. He feels every single one of them. It's like he's reliving them every time he sings them. The rage, the angst, the sadness, the sorrow, the love, etc., even when it's not his own song, like rock, like Rockin' in the Free World, he still owns it like it's his own. I reckon this is what made the MTV show so epic, and I believe it more so. I believe it even more so now that you, um, 
enlightened us about the issues they were having with their not so good hired equipment. <laughs> Anyways, that's just my humble opinion. I don't expect anyone else to agree with me. Thanks again, guys, for including me and good luck with playing the name game in the future. <laughs> so that's Daniel Coppolo. Thanks so much, Daniel. Yeah, man. Thank you, Daniel. Uh, so that's... Is that it? That's it. Sweet. All right. <laughs> let's get on to the man of the week for us. Matt yes. Cameron, dude. Um, man, I can't believe it. He's not that this is old, but he's 54. You know? Yeah. Born in 62. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Um, so some of the bands he's been in, we'll just go over some quick information. Um Bam Bam, Skin Yard, Sound Garden. You may have heard of them before. <laughs> uh, you know, Temple of the Dog, Pearl Jam, but then he also contributed to some stuff. Um, he has some other bands, Tone Dogs, Hater, Wellwater, Conspiracy. He, I, I learned so much about him that I didn't yeah. know that make me love. it makes me love him even more. So he uh, provided drum samples for... I don't know if anyone remembers, but they were a short-lived band that got pretty popular. Uh, I think in the was it the '90s or early 2000s, uh, which was Prodigy that had Firestarter uh, and a song called "Breathe." Uh, he contributed to that. Those were huge songs. That blew my mind when I heard that. Because yeah, man. <clears throat> I remember those dudes. I remember those songs. I think that was that had to be '97, '98. Dude, I still remember what they look like from those yeah. videos. Were fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would just remember, like, those dudes do a lot of PCP, and they're just insane, <laughs> you know? But yeah. the funny thing is that they're all probably really normal people. Well, it, didn't they have that Smack My Bitch Up song? I think that was the, yeah. <laughs> there was some controversy about <laughs> that. Oh, my God. That. <laughs> um, yeah, those English, they were, like, crazy English club kids in the 90s. Yeah. Uh the, my favorite thing that I found out was that he was uh, the first recorded drummer for Queens of the fucking Stone Age. Yeah. What? Yeah. And played their first show in 97 in Seattle at, uh, at the OK Hotel. What the fuck, man? I love Queens. Yeah. Uh, he did some stuff with uh, Eleven, which is also Jack Irons' band. Uh, he did uh, obviously Chris Cornell solo stuff and Getty Lee solo stuff, which I think is very telling about the way he, you know, it says something about the way he plays drums. Yeah. Cause Getty Lee, while I am not a Rush fan, um, I, I respect their musical talent and all that oh, stuff. Dude, it's not I love like those dudes. It's not like I think no one should listen to them or yeah. anything like that. It's just not my thing. Um, I, I get that, but I but, do. I love Rush. But you have to really think it's it, it's like math. Um, mm -hmm. And for Getty Lee to pick Matt Cameron when his band's drummer is Neil fucking Pert, right. <laughs> that says something. Yeah, you know. Yeah, about how his technical proficiency, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna save the songwriting stuff because I'm sure we're gonna get into that. But um, I don't know. I find it interesting. Because, uh, okay, so Pearl Jam has technically had five or six drummers, right? Right. But I I consider it to be three drummers. I mean, yeah, and not me to too. take away from Cruisin', but all he did was play on the record. He never toured, any of that kind of stuff. So yeah. for me, it's About Dave three A. Three and a half. What's that? Three and a half. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so for me, it's Dave A., uh, Jack, and Matt. Right. 
Um, and I think, I don't remember if it was someone emailed in and said something like this or you did or I don't know what, but it helped me to start thinking of it as Pearl Jam had the drummer that they needed at the time to make the records they were making. Oh, yeah. You I know? think I said that my favorite drummer is is the one Whoever's that's playing. with them at yeah, the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that really helped me kind of explain how I feel because I have strong feelings about the drummers too, mm-hmm. not just because I'm a huge Pearl Jam fan, but also as a drummer, you know, the these three drummers uh, did a lot to kind of inform me in learning how to play drums, you right. know, um, at the time I didn't know Matt Cameron obviously would go on to be in Pearl Jam, but I was, I was, I was paying attention to him because of Soundgarden, you know? Right. Um, but I think that it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you can't, I can't imagine yield with Dave A or with Matt. Right. Yeah. But I also can't imagine binaural with Dave A or Jack. Right. You know, yeah. Um, but I think that also says something to how you you have the main four. You have Eddie, you have Stone, you have Jeff, and you have Mike. And how how the sound changes based on the drummer. You know what I mean? But they yeah. still they still remain their own identity, which speaks to in my head head as someone that's been in a lot of bands and uh been in those kind of situations um says a lot about the core four and how they're able to um i don't know they're not dictating what their drummers are doing they're letting their drummers do their thing and they react to that as a unit does that make sense yeah because a lot of times in those situations, it's almost like a drummer for hire kind of thing mm-hmm. or a bass player for hire or wh- wh- whatever the context is. But obviously, Matt is a huge contributor to the band. Right. Right. Um, but it also says a lot about those three drummers. That they were singular enough in what they brought the table to the table to also alter the sound of a very powerful band and group of people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's different. There's definitely, you know, three distinct eras of the band, you know, and that's, that, that comes from having the different drummers in there. I mean, I will say this though, like my feelings about Matt go in and out, but he even in doing research for this, He's even quoted as saying, like, it took them a while to figure out how he fit into the band because he is so specific in his sound. And he came out of a band like Soundgarden, which is just full of odd time signatures. Lots of fills. Lots of fills and lots of parts, right? It's not like he's just in Soundgarden, you know, in a verse you know, laying down a groove with a closed hi-hat and eighth notes and just kick and snare, he's playing parts the whole time, you know? Yeah. And Pearl Jam is not like that. Yeah. Um, And so I think that's some of the rub that I always felt with Matt coming from a Jack or a Dave. Um, But I think they actually, I mean, they figured it out really well, though, because I love, 
not only his songwriting contri- uh, contributions, but uh, just what he's brought to the table as far as changing their sound. Yeah. Or adapting to it anyway. Because binaural, fuck. <laughs> so good. The drums on that record are so good. Yeah. Live, I think, I don't know. How do you feel about him? Well, <clears throat> I mean, like you said, it's 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 kind of strange him coming from Soundgarden, where he had such a huge role as those songs, you know. And then he comes to Pearl Jam, who the the drums were never. I mean, they Dave and Jack had their like unique style, but it wasn't like the the drums were a huge part of every song, you know. Huh. Uh, but okay. what's that? No, I'm just listening. Yeah, so for him to come into Pearl Jam and I guess kind of tone it down to fit in with them, but he he did it perfectly. You know, he still has his little fills and stuff that he throws in there, but it's not like that's a major part of the song, you know? Sure. And I think I think it's more of a personality thing. Like they they went through the stuff they went through with with Dave A, you know? And then with Jack, as much as he was a good fit for the band, I don't think they were a good fit for his where he was at his in his life at that Absolutely time. Absolutely not. You know? Yeah. And Matt, I think, was just a totally grounded, solid dude that was a friend of theirs. And I you know, if my memory my memory might be off, but I don't think he was like an official member. For well, a that's year not or two. how he was hired. He was right. hired because Jack left and they had touring to do. And right, so they needed like, somebody mad. to go on tour. Right, and obviously they needed someone to record. But I, I mean, someone can write in and correct me, but I don't think he was like an official member of the band for years. Well, I don't think it was years, but I think that. Uh, and again, feel free to correct me, listeners. Yeah. Um, but. All that to say, he definitely was did not start with the idea that he was going to become the next drummer. It was, you know, this is a cool guy. They've been friends with him forever. Right. He's a kick-ass drummer. He's free. <laughs> you know, Soundgarden's yeah. not doing anything. Right. Uh, so f- just fucking get mad, you know? Yeah. And I think that was part of what I re- read a quote from him, you know, it didn't automatically make a great he didn't i'm paraphrasing or maybe projecting what <laughs> i thought he was saying but didn't musically uh right away make the best natural musical fit yeah but part of that too is man i think i think i remember reading that he had 2 weeks to learn 80 songs yeah to go out on the road yeah. and let me tell you something as uh, a guy that made his living for his whole through his 20s um as a live player getting hired by people that's a lot man i mean you know i i thought it was hard when i had to to learn you know 25 songs by an artist just because they're the type of artist that would just call audibles and be like oh let's play this song and I'm like, really, the song that we rehearsed once four months ago <laughs> and you haven't wanted to play until tonight and you gave us no notice? You know what I mean? Yeah. But to have a, a catalog like that, yeah. learning 80 songs and, you know, 
you know, sometimes you get hired for stuff and that's easy because the songs aren't that great and there's not, you know, but we're talking about Pearl Jam songs and we're talking about playing drums. Yeah. You know, learning the drums for two really great dynamic drummers. And they're known for their live shows, so you really got to know what you're doing. You can't fuck around. Yeah. You can't can't phone it in. Yeah. You know? Um, But that also is a testament to him uh, as a professional. Yeah. And as a a kind of a technician at his instrument, you know? Um, And his songwriting abilities... And vocal abilities um, play into that so much. I mean, you know, looking back now, especially in the context of working in the studio and especially with producing um, solo artists, because a lot of times uh, I'm in a situation where I'm playing the drums, I'm playing the bass, I'm playing the guitars, I'm playing the keys, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, To know those instruments or no song, not instruments, songwriting helps so much in playing whatever instrument you're going to do because you're focused on the song and not getting caught up in the minutia of something. You know what I mean? Like yeah. listening to a record that you have to learn and going, Oh, but in the second verse, he didn't do, he took one note off of the kick pattern from the first verse. You don't think of it that way anymore. You just, you're playing drums and you're singing the song in your head. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I think that's why it's possible for him. He's such a good drummer, but but also a songwriter, and he knows their songs. He's heard their songs a million times. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm definitely not taking away from the job that he had to do. I just mean his talent in other areas than drums have to be a huge help for him. Yeah. I don't know. I really respect. Well, and he this was, guy. you know, when Soundgarden broke up, he could have gone a couple different ways. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think um, at that time, like Smashing Pumpkins was was looking for a, a drummer too. Yeah, because he and played, he recorded with them. Yep. For uh, which record was that? Adore. Adore. That's right. So, only one song made it though, right? Yeah, only one. But he recorded like seven or eight songs for them. Yeah. But think about that, man. So think about how different all those bands are. Right. Think think about think about the Prodigy, to Queens of the Stone Age in the beginning, <laughs> to Soundgarden, to Pearl Jam, to Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. And and his side projects. I don't know if you you've listened to Hater, Well Wellwater Conspiracy, but they're they're both different as. Pearl Jam and Soundgarden is, you know, it's more of like a garage rock kind of fuzzy guitar type music. Yeah. It was uh, uh, just kind of garage rocky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They're good though. Like Wellwater Conspiracy is really good. I should spend some more time with that stuff. You what? I should spend some more time with that stuff as far as listening to it. Um, Oh my God, my nose. I'm so I'm so sorry for everyone, no, dude, everyone that's good. listening to this right now. Um, you can just cut out every sniffle. I'm going to because <laughs> it's got to be annoying as hell. Um, well, let's get into this real quick. I I wrote out the list because I think it's pretty amazing. So, yeah, I did too. Um, all right, <laughs> of cool. The, song, the songs he wrote. Yep. Yeah, dude, um, it's nuts. Let's see here for Soundgarden. 
It was, uh, I might have missed some, but uh, I've got, he didn't, uh, Jesus Christ Pose, little song there, uh, Room, A Thousand Years Wide, Drawing floor, uh, Flies, New Damage, Birth Ritual, Exit Stonehenge, Mailman, uh, let's see, Limo Rec, Fresh Tendrils, Jerry Garcia's Finger, Rhinosaur, Apple Bite, uh, let's see, A Splice of Space Jam, um, let's see, I, what is that one? Uh, my writing is so bad. Eyelid's Mouth? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Did I miss any? Uh, by Crooked Steps. Oh, there you go. Did you ever, <laughs> did you listen to Exit Stonehenge? I didn't. Oh, dude, you need to drop that in right here. Okay. Because it's, oh, it's, it's an amazing song. I went through a pretty heavy sound garden phase though when I was younger. Yeah. Um, It it didn't take like Pearl Jam did, but, um, and then Pearl Jam, you've got Evacuation, Save You, Crop Duster, You Are, Get Right, In the Moonlight, which is a B-side, uh, Unemployable, The Fixer, and Johnny Guitar. That's not a bad resume that right there. Yeah, dude. And he played rhythm on You Are. Yeah, that was his, that little drum machine sample thing. That, right. That was his part, you know? And that's what Stone but plays yeah, live. I mean, those are some of my favorite fucking Pearl Jam songs. Hell yeah. Save You? Yeah. Evacuation? I love that song. Yeah. Um, and but even the, Soundgarden, like I said earlier, I wasn't the biggest Soundgarden fan, but Jesus Christ pose, birth ritual. Dude. I mean, fuck, man. Holy shit. Yeah. And that's the cool thing, too, man, is like, and I want to get into Cave Dweller as well a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to do necessarily like a track by track thing, but um, it's hard to describe musically. Because there is this kind of sound and common thread through all of it, yet there's still the identity of the band that he's playing with. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And when you listen to something like Cave Dweller, which I think is so fucking boss that he didn't play drums on his own fucking record. Yeah, that's crazy uh, to me it's so cool but you know the funny thing is this like if someone had told me that he was playing drums on it i at the same time i would have believed it because there's parts of it where i'm like i think my first listen i didn't know that he didn't play drums actually yeah i um, didn't either I and heard. i remember going oh that's a total matt thing right there yeah that's yeah cool. that's I thought and, the then, same thing. and then there'd be a verse and i'm like Interesting. Like I've never heard him play like that before. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And then I went and uh, oh, did research him <laughs> after the record came out. I wanted to read some reviews and stuff, and yeah, and found out it was David Bowie's last band from Black Star, which is that's the thing, man. It's like, oh, Bowie's guys want to play with you. Give me a fucking break, man. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Pearl Jam asked you to be in their band. What a badass. Yeah. Um. I don't know. And that's the funny thing, too, is, like, I remember, um, I guess it must have been watching some live shows on YouTube. And, you know, you know, you never know what you're going to get with the audio mix of some of those live shows, uh, whether they're boots or YouTube stuff, um, <clears throat> even if it's a soundboard thing, you know. 
because um, it d- doesn't always translate to how the the mix engineer is mixing front of house um, because you're hearing the room or the space that they're in. Does it make sense? Yeah. Versus that doesn't always translate to just going down to tape. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you might need to drive something louder for the the arena or the amphitheater you're in, but on tape, it sounds like it's too loud, you know? And there's been some where his background vocals have been kind of up there. And I remember thinking like, oh, he's not... Some people have voices that are perfect for singing backgrounds, meaning they're nondescript. They don't, you know, they're not in the way. They just, they're literally just kind of hitting the notes. And if you listen to the voice, you'd be like, I'm glad that I don't have to hear that voice on its own. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because <laughs> yeah. it doesn't sound good. Yeah. But I remember uh, back in the day hearing some stuff where I was like, dude, he's got a, like an actual voice. Yeah. And now Cave Dweller's out. And I'm like, I like his voice. And it's almost like. He's been influenced by some of the singers and the bands that he's been in. Right. There's yeah. moments where you can kind of hear some Chris Cornell in there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because his voice is kind of just naturally higher when he sings. Right. But yeah, I that and I'm kind of picky about singers, about their voices. And that's one thing I was like nervous about before this album came out, Cave Dweller. But yeah, his voice sounds his he's I like his voice on this on this record, so I do too. And the music, the music's awesome. I I I like it way more than I thought I would like it. Me you know? too. <laughs> I thought <laughs> I thought I was gonna have to get on here and kind of. I mean, not, I, I wouldn't shit on it, but right. um, well, but, usually side projects and exactly. solo albums are just kind of like it's mm, uh, fine. You know, like, I'm glad you got to do that. Yeah, kind of like, go do your thing, but please right. come back to us. But no, this shit is awesome. Like I legitimately just I've found myself just putting it on yeah you know what i mean yeah um and it doesn't sound like soundgarden it doesn't sound like pearl jam no but it it has moments of it yeah yeah in a good way yeah you know it kind of it's kind of like a little peek into now getting to hear him completely on his own what he brings to the table right yeah because with a drummer it's really hard to tell when you look and see a songwriting credit, right? Because songwriting credits can get weird in the sense that you never know what the contribution was when it's when it's given to a group, right? So, yeah. So a lot of times, like, especially when a drummer gets a songwriting credit, it's it's because they were all jamming and the guitar player came up with this riff that everyone latched onto. And then maybe, maybe the drummer came up with, you know, they're just kind of jamming out and he comes up with a different part that leads uh, the jam in a different direction or whatever. Right. And, and may, the, may, maybe that part doesn't even get used in what becomes the song. Yeah. But they get a songwriting credit because right. they were part of the inception. Yeah, exactly. Um, but with Matt, you you know that that's not the case. Right. He's not getting that because he was there in the moment songwriting right. credit. It's because he's actually brought something, whether it's rhythmic, melodic, riff-wise. I mean, that's what I thought was really cool about this record is, like, even the first song, Time Can't Wait, that's a cool riff. Yeah. Those are yeah. cool guitar sounds, man. And I'm a sucker for, um, what's it called, uh, instrumentals. Yeah. 
And oh, what's the name of that one? I can't remember. I'm I like, think it's Into the Fire. Yeah, I think you're right. And it's, it's either good, in, it's the, a cool in, little, in the trees. You know, yeah. It's a cool little jam. Well, and the, there's even something for a moment kind of jazzy about it. Yeah. Which I do not. I hate saying this. I don't like jazz. Right. It's like <laughs> other than new pop country. Uh, oh, God, I shouldn't put those in the same category. <laughs> Uh, new pop country makes me want to gouge my eyes out. Right. <laughs> um, but jazz is, I'm very picky about my jazz. I yeah. shouldn't say I don't like jazz. Yeah. But, but, but jazz I've, I've, as a genre is my least favorite. I'll say yeah. that. I've dipped into jazz, try to, try to listen to some of the greats, you know? Um, and I just, I, I don't hate it. I respect that it's a, you know, a very influential genre it's very of music yeah. but i just you know i i do like uh miles davis kind of blue well yeah man absolutely but that's like even that but <laughs> it's just i don't know i'm just not into it i really love new age jazz that oh, has yeah. a uh, soprano saxophone on it a la kenny g <laughs> i love that shit what was there's an album ray oh god what's it called it's gonna drive me crazy now. It was Ray something Deep Breakfast. I think that's the name of the album. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, man, that was some like late '80s. Is it you saying it's good? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> My mom had it, oh, and she no. would listen to it in the car, like um, when I was, you know, like 13 or so. yeah. Ray Lynch hold on you're you're trying to tell us about a record that we should never listen to is that what's happening you need right to now? drop drop some in here ray lynch deep breakfast it's, deep breakfast yeah it's celestial soda pop is one of the songs oh no <laughs> oh no <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, yeah, drop drop that in here. Listening to this is going to make me sad, isn't it? <laughs> no, dude, it's it's fun. It's like poppy new age jazz. That sounds like hell to me. <laughs> if I believed in the hell, that's part of what it would be. It's would so I'd good, be locked dude. in a room with that playing for eternity. When you, so as you're listening to this, just think of a like, 13, 14-year-old Brad B. driving around in my mom's Yugo listening to ray lynch oh dude that's such a great you had a yugo for real that's <laughs> yeah, awesome we did. it was brand new dude that car was fucking awesome that's the shit you had a yugo <laughs> we drove Man. to florida in it from chicago really with, with no ac oh i remember you telling me about that fourth of july weekend i remember we drove through atlanta on the fourth of july and it was it was hot as fuck Oh, that sounds terrible. It was it was awful. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> well, <laughs> back to uh, Ray Lynch. Uh, yeah, back to Matt no, Cameron. <laughs> uh, um, I think one of the cool things too is that post Dave Abruzzi's, both drummers have also served as <sighs> people that kind of temper 
the vibe of the group a little oh, bit. Oh, definitely. Yeah, and, definitely. That's and are was... looked at as kind of like leaders in a way. Yeah. Back behind the scenes leaders. But like I, I noticed that a lot of times when Eddie will do like festival interviews or something like that, he tended to bring Matt with him. Yeah. And Matt necessarily wouldn't... Well, sometimes he would kind of take the lead in the conversation, but it was almost like he needed that kind of partner in the band that was um, outside of the group of four. That's what I was going to say. I, I mean, I have no knowledge of this, but it sure. seems like... Me either. <laughs> huh? I said, yeah, me either. Well, just that Matt was probably a friend to all of them. Sure. And But it seems like especially Eddie, um, because I've noticed that too. It seems like... Um, when you read stuff about, oh, we went on vacation, we went surfing, it seems like it's always Eddie and Matt. Yeah. You know? But I, I wonder if within the Dave A days and the, the Jack days that Matt was someone that was outside of the band that Eddie could probably go and, you know, have a beer with or cry on his shoulder. Matt and Chris. Yeah. Cornell. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and so then now he's in the band he's it's similar to jack being in the band being like a an older mentor to them right but now matt's in the band and he's more of a, a contemporary you know sure um and it just seems like for the band to keep going they need they need someone like outside that to knows come in. when to dump water on the fire yeah yeah you know? and i think both jack and matt play huge roles in the shit we don't ever hear about for the band to keep going. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, man. Which um, is awesome <laughs> because we need these guys to keep uh, to keep being Pearl Jam. Well, I really think, I mean, I know I've talked about Stone being one of these people, which I still stand behind, but I really think that the, one of the reasons this band has survived as a unit is because of Jack and Matt. Yeah. Out, outside of their playing. I, yeah. I just mean as human beings. Right. Because they get the unique um, perspective and position to be people that that weren't part of the band, but had always been mentors to the band and had, had been people that at least a couple members of the band had always looked up to, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Matt, Matt, had Soundgarden going before Pearl Jam. Right. Matt played on those first demos. Chris Cornell was such a huge part of of Eddie feeling comfortable in Seattle right. and breaking out of his shell and having a bond with another singer that had his back, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. fucking Chris Cornell carrying Eddie out on his shoulders for that Mookie Blaylock show, right? Yeah. I mean, that's beautiful you know but then these guys also get to be in the band (laughs) because they literally are providing songwriting and their talents and their musical abilities and their sound you know yeah they get to stride like straddle the fence you know what i mean yeah um which i think has been really important because they're not they're coming from a perspective that understands the dynamic of the band, but they also have one foot out of it because they weren't there for the beginning, you know? Right. So I think it's cool. I think they've been super important, and uh, I'm really thankful that 
Matt's been part of the band. Yeah. Because now he's the longest standing drummer. Yeah. There's a cool quote from Eddie that he, he says, Matt Cameron writes songs and we run to find step stools in order to reach his level. Yeah. What comes naturally to him leaves us with our head cocked, our heads cocked like the confused dogs that we are, eventually getting it. And did we mention he's the greatest drummer on the planet? That's <laughs> that's another thing. Like again, I think Matt uh, Eddie just loves this dude as yeah. a brother because yeah. in concerts, like on a lot of bootlegs, he kind of goes above and beyond the whole like Matt camera on the drums. He he, you know, when I saw them in Lexington. He's, he starts talking about Kentucky and their horses, and he says, well, we've got a thoroughbred every night, Matt Cameron. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, he says yeah, right. shit like that consistently <laughs> that he doesn't say about the other guys, yeah. you know? But it's cool, and it's it's like you can just feel that he's not just the drummer in the background playing the drums, and that's it, you know? Yeah. He does contribute to writing, and, you know, it's it's cool to, to hear – Eddie shouting him out as much as he does. Yep. Oh, man. You think we've ki- kissed Matt Cameron's ass enough? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> it's so funny, man. And I'm being really sincere when I say this, and we'll kind of wrap up, I guess. Um, you know, I wanted, and I still feel this way, but I wanted to make sure that I didn't come into creating this podcast to just be sycophantic and uh, ask Kissy about the band. Yeah. Like, I wanted to be honest, you know what right. I mean? Um, and and say when I don't like something or yeah. wish they hadn't done this or whatever. But the funny thing is, is that, and I still have a couple of those things, but the more we dig into this podcast and especially the more that we hear from listeners that are willing to share their perspective and and how they've grown close to the their this band in their own ways it it's kind of opened my eyes to realizing that a lot of things that i would have criticized don't mean shit yeah. They're really small things that yeah. are stupid. And the more I dig into it, the more respect I have for these people as a band, but also as individuals. Like, all these guys are, again, I'm doing what I, I didn't want to do, I guess. But um, I don't know, just stand-up people yeah. that, that make well, mistakes and, and try and figure shit out. and I don't know, man. I don't think either one of us is kissing their ass to try and get something out of it. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Sure. Oh, yeah. I yeah. think we both just respect these guys so much and just truly enjoy their music that, you know, we're just, I don't even know if we're kissing their ass. We're just kind of talking about them. Yeah, you know? I know. I just love Matt Cameron, man. <laughs> I just, and, and I already did. And I don't, yeah, man. But just doing the research over this last week, yeah. since we decided that this was going to be the episode, it's like, man, I want to hang out with that dude. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And I don't know that I necessarily, I mean, of course, of course, if I ever got the opportunity to hang out with Matt Cameron, I would want to do it. But now yeah. it's like, 
It's different. I don't know. It's like yeah. there's a lot that I would want to ask him. Yeah. As, as a fellow musician, you know yeah. what I mean? Just to like, how did you navigate this? How did you do this? How? I don't know. There's just he seems kind of like a like a sage guru. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's it's the, crazy because guy. I've been like the last few years, I've been extremely lucky to meet a bunch of musicians that I'm like I idolize. You right. know what I mean? Sure. And it really, like, it, it just, I don't know, it makes them seem like real people, which sounds stupid. Like, of course, they're real people. But you put these people up on a pedestal and you see them on TV and in videos and you get, like, they they get, like, a godlike status in your head. Yeah. And then you meet them and it's like, okay, this guy is just, like, just no, anybody else. And... <laughs> What that does is it it makes me think the the ones I haven't met I've never met Matt Cameron or any of these guys it makes me th- think like okay they're real people too and it it makes it where I don't have to like worship them I just like like them as regular people I don't know if I'm making sense no, I'm no that makes total here. sense man but to quote Eddie I piss and I shit I'm real join the club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know what i'm saying yes yeah i don't know i love this band but i again i say i've been lucky because you know they say don't meet your idols because they're assholes they'll be assholes you know what i mean like you'll get the re- dude i have not had one encounter with with somebody that's been a total asshole me you know what i mean oh no i have had one. Oh, sh- <laughs> lead singer filter Oh really, dickhead? Was Patrick? backstage? Was Patrick back... something? Huh? What's his name? Patrick something? Uh, who cares? I don't yeah. care. <laughs> Patrick because Asshole. I, I was on a tour. Uh, and it was back in the day. It was Goo Goo Dolls and Tonic. Anyway, we were down in. Uh, I was with a band from England that was doing this tour, and we were in Orlando. And uh, the manager had gotten us tickets to go. We had a day off in Orlando, I believe gotten t- tickets uh, and backstage to see Filter headline at House of Blues um, and <laughs> and Jimmy's Chicken Shack was oh, open. yeah I remember those guys yeah and so show finishes and the lead singer I didn't know if it was just part of some like rock and roll act but he kept he would just rock, walk around the stage and sing not well, by the way. He can't fucking sing. Um, or live, he can't, anyway. And it was just flicking off. He'd just have the bird just holding it up while he was singing. And I couldn't tell if it was to the... Cr- it was just weird. Yeah. And then so the show gets over. We go backstage. The rest of his band is super cool. I wish I could remember the guy's, the guitar player's name who writes a lot of the stuff. Yeah. And it has a lot, a lot to do with how stuff sounds in the studio. He was super cool. Like, we talked for, like, 20 minutes. Yeah. And, you know, the goofy little stoner Jimmy from Jimmy Chicken's, uh, right. Jimmy's Chicken Shack with his dreads or whatever, he was a mess, had a bottle of tequila in his hand, which made me happy because we shared it, but he was just a crazy dude, you know? Yeah. But he was super nice. But the lead singer fucking <laughs> travels with a throne... 
that gets put in the dressing room, and that's where he was sitting. Oh, my God. And if you wanted to talk to him, you had to go to the throne that he was sitting on. I was there, dude. Holy shit. Was he, like, off in the corner? No, just kind of in the middle of the room. But you had to, like... Well, it's just that he sat there after the show. That's where he sat, so... He just just sat in his throne. It was just this big... I mean, it wasn't, like, some ornamental, like, you know, from the medieval period or something. But but it was was definitely, definitely, like, a long back, tall chair with the arm armrests, and it was big, and... I was just like, this is this is so stupid. And like, when, what year was this? Because that Hey Man, Nice Shot was... What, no, 90s? it was after that. It was around uh, Picture. Okay. So whatever years that oh, was. Oh, late, ni- late 90s. Late 90s. It was probably wow. like 2000. Yeah. Um. Anyway, it might have been 99 when we went and saw him. But, uh, yeah, that's the only... Uh, <laughs> The only time that I've met someone that was famous, yeah. and not to sound like a douchebag, I've met a lot of famous people, and they're all super cool. Yeah. Except for the lead singer filter. Fuck him. <laughs> well, I was never into them anyway, so. I just like that one song. Yeah. I still like that song. Hey, man. That oh, one? dude. It's so good. It's all right. Whatever. I, God, I, dude. <laughs> I like taking a picture better than that. Get the fuck out yeah, of here, man. Brad. Really? Yeah. You are so unpredictable. <laughs> yeah. Dude, for the time that that song came out, Hey Man and I Shot, that was like a big deal. Oh, I remember. They played it all the time. That video was nuts. Yeah. Anyway, I, we're probably getting rambling and boring people. <laughs> but um, yeah, man. All that to say, I love, I heart Matt Cameron. Yeah, dude, he's he's awesome. I I don't have I don't have the uh, man crush that I do have on Eddie, but I still right. love Matt Cameron. He's a good looking dude. He is, man. <laughs> All those dudes are good looking. It's crazy. <laughs> hey, you know what? I was thinking. What? I don't know. I saw a picture. We should of you. rank all the guys in Pearl Jam, uh, you know, one to five uh, in order of sexual attraction. That's next week. <laughs> We're gonna do our team beat ranking of the members of Pearl Jam. What base would you like to go with each member? <laughs> uh, Eddie, home run. Uh, let's see, Mike. Uh, take oh, first dude. Base. Speaking of home runs, the okay. Cubs are done. What do you mean? They got eliminated on oh, Thursday. Shit. They, they, I'm sorry, they lost. Dude. Yeah, dude, it was. That's rough. And they got their asses kicked in the really? last game. I mean, oh, it was no. like nine to one. Oh god! Like in the fourth inning, it was. <laughs> it was Holy really shit. bad. Well, so boo. Yeah. But, All right. Uh, so. Oh just wait, to, no. I was oh, going to say, I saw a picture of you, or of I me? saw a picture of Stone. Yeah. And, dude, have you ever heard this before? You look a lot like Stone. Really? Yes. This is what I get a lot. Well, it's changed over the years. Right now, what I get is Jimmy Fallon. Ugh. Uh, God, no. Okay. Uh, Fuck that, dude. I hate that, dude. Okay. Go on. Well, man, we'll have to talk about that. <laughs> you don't that. look like him at all. All right. Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> uh... uh Oh, Ryan Adams. Okay, I can uh, see that. Um, and Javier Bardem. Yeah, I can see that too. I get that one the most. Yeah, 
No, but dude, there's a picture of Stone where he's got similar hair to your hair. And okay. I wish I, I should have kind of growing saved it out it. vibe. What's that? Kind of a growing the hair out vibe. Yeah. Where yeah. I am right now. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. But yeah, I'm a crazy person. I do. I let my hair just grow. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of times without any haircuts. Yeah. Uh, just let it grow. And then one day I wake up and I'm like, Ugh. for whatever reason, I know it's me projecting something right. that I'm not dealing with probably. Uh, and I just grab my clippers and put it on a three guard and just shave it. <laughs> really? And then I just let it grow again. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's bizarre. I haven't had long hair in a long time. Dude, it's weird. I'm not in any danger of losing hair. Right. <laughs> and I really don't have that much gray either. Hey, I made it to 40. Yeah. And I'm not completely bald. So I'm happy. I mean, I can go. I mean, I'm I'm balding, definitely. But like... My everyone, all the men in both sides of my family are like bald, bald. I and, love this. I have to. I'm just going to go ahead and apologize to the the listeners because what happens with us is that we don't get to talk a whole lot during the week, and so th- then we tape an episode and right, it becomes the us show. just being able to talk, right? And we forget that we're supposed to be putting on something about Pearl Matt Cameron, Jam. dude. Matt Cameron. I love Matt. He wrote. Jesus Christ pose. He's the best. <laughs> By the way, the I'm balding. Of Queens of the Stone Age. Um, uh, yeah, but BTW, uh, Brad B is balding, and Brad L has a shit ton of hair. Important stuff to know. Well, you're um, way younger than me. You don't have to worry about balding yet. What's that? I, you're way younger than me. You've, I'm you've, not way younger than you. <laughs> I'm like just a couple years younger than you, right? I think so. Yeah. Fuck you, Brad. <laughs> I love you. Um, all right, let's get let's let's do this, man. Because I'm already missing Walking Dead. Yeah, and right. Leslie's going to be so pissed. Oop! I got a text message. Hold on. Uh oh, dude! I turned my phone off. Ah, I just got a text message. This says today is not the day for you to not be punctual. And she's right. So well, I dude, can season you told, premiere. You told me yesterday we're going to do this at five. I know. So I was ready for like six, six thirty, seven, and when my phone rang at five oh one, yeah, I just was. Oh, like, you mean you thought I wouldn't call until like six or seven? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So when the phone rang at five oh one, I was fucking floored. Yeah. Well, so. you know, uh, uh, maybe I have my shit together today. <laughs> Sorry for the sniffles and the bad voice. Uh, I should be ready to go next week, hopefully. Um, but again, if you want to get a hold of us, our email is singlepodcasttheory at gmail.com. Uh, Instagram is at singlepodcasttheory. Twitter is at Pearl Jam Podcast. You can search us on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, we are present on Reddit and the official Pearl Jam forum message boards. So did I leave anything out? I think you got it. Awesome. I'm pro, dude. <laughs> I'm so pro. I've been doing a podcast for 11 weeks. I've got it all figured out. Yeah, dude, this is easy. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> all right, cool. We're going to sign off. I'm going to run and uh, hang up the phone on Brad and yeah. uh, go oh, try man. and catch some of the uh, Walking Dead season premiere. So thanks so much for listening, guys. Yeah, thank you for listening. Thanks for and... all the emails. Thanks for all the love. Um Sending love right back at you, and we will see you guys next week. I'm Brad Lyons. I'm Brad Blazek. <laughs> B.
Beast, we're out. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that's terrible. You walked by and said, no, I'm dead. Fuck yeah. And the rest of you guys. When I was a kid, uh, you know, the, 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 the thing that the drummer sits on, you know, it's a, it's a stool, it's a small chair, but they don't call it a, a stool or a chair. They call it a throne. I could never figure that out until I met Matt Cameron and I was like, oh, I get it. Matt Cameron, the king.